Welcome to a dying podcast. As always, my name is Nils, and today I'm in Finland, far, far north in Lapland, where I'm spending a few days working, doing shamanic work, deep work with myself and uh, nature, together with my wife, my son, who is sleeping in the same room. <laughs> so, as always, we'll see how this goes. And uh, Ruda Yande. Uh, the Brazilian shaman that has been featured previously on this podcast and who I now call a dear friend and a brother and also a teacher for me on my shamanic journey in understanding more of the essence of life and how I can be of service for myself and the people around me and the world at large and connecting to nature and the wisdom that resides in nature through shamanic practices. It's beautiful. When this cabin, right by a lake, in the stillness, and uh, it's a beautiful day, it's sunny outside, it's cold, and um, yeah, our son just went to sleep, that gave me this moment to record another episode of this podcast. Today I'm recording by myself, and I felt this episode coming for, for quite some time now, um, and just yesterday I realized how I want to put it all together. So today I want to focus on providing you with uh, my experience in waking up and spiritual enlightenment. But since that in itself can become somewhat boring <laughs> and to some extent pointless, which I'll get to, um, I also want to share tools and practices that I have found and um, that I've learned from Ruda that to me really helps in finding an approach to life and this moment that works. So it's going to be a three-step thing. It's going to be a little bit different today, I think, than usually. Um, so if you feel so inclined to do these exercises with me, I urge you to grab a pen and paper because you're gonna you're gonna need that later. And I think I'm gonna just like allow you to pause this recording if you want to do the exercise and see where that lands you and what it provides you. Anyway, let's start. So it's going to be a three-step thing. I'm going to talk about waking up slash spiritual enlightenment slash understanding what is. Then I will speak about what I call the key to this moment, to your moment, an approach to use in any given moment, basically, to just experience that moment in a true way and finding a path uh, for yourself in any given moment. And then based on that, I'm going to tie in a simple exercise that Runa taught me yesterday that allows you to tap into your purpose in life, your tools you have at hand to, to reach and fulfill that purpose and, and the methods uh, you can use for finding it. So anyway, let's start. Um, I've spent, as listeners will know, roughly five years going deep into my own consciousness and into my own path in this existence, in this life, basically trying to understand myself and why I am the way I am, why I made the choices I've made, why I have the challenges and the fears that I have. And then as a next step, trying to understand just what is, what is existence, what is truth, what is absolute truth. And that process is, is a process. So in a way, it's never ending. You never reach an end result. But at the same time, 
I've gone full circle. Um, so where I, where I am personally at right now is I just repeat the same process forever and ever. So I'm going to share what that's like for anyone who's interested. And I want to point out that there's a lot of focus in certain circles around becoming enlightened, spiritual enlightenment. And I've had, a, I've had issues with the word enlightenment for quite some time. Because to me, it's been, well, it's been an endpoint. It's been a result. Uh, it's been something that people strive to achieve. And it, when you look at enlightenment like that, it's just like anything else in the made-up competition of society, right? Uh, it just turns the process of life into some sort of weird competition where you're better if you've reached that point than if you haven't, which is simply, simply not true at all. But what is? Well, first off, there is such a thing as absolute truth. First off, there is truth. Jed McKenna points this out in one of his books, and I think it's, it's the perfect way, uh, and I've touched upon it previously in the podcast this way, uh, as well, to, to understand that there is truth. Because if you say there is no truth, then that sentence would not be true unless there was truth, right? Because if you say there is no truth and that's the truth, then there is truth. So there is truth. And there is such a thing as absolute truth. And this is what human beings, not all of us, but certain human beings have been looking for since forever. Basically trying to understand existence and life and what this thing is that we are all experiencing. And the answer is not, it's not an answer I'm giving in order to, to tell you guys to believe this or to start some kind of a religion, which has been done <laughs> too many times in history uh, with varying uh, results, <laughs> to say the least. But for me, it's been an important journey because it's been defining my life for the past couple of years. And in reaching the end point, I also understood it's, well, it is an end point, but it's also, it's also nothingness. That's really the truth here. So you often hear, and you might have experienced yourself, that everything is one. So that is, that is true. There is simply no distinction between me and the environment around me and you and, and space. It's all one thing. It's all one interconnected thing. But a more truthful way of describing it, at least using my words, is that everything is nothing and nothing is everything. And in order to understand that, uh, one must think about the sentence, everything is one. Because the problem with the word one is that one can only be if it can be compared to something. You know, something can only exist with nothing. So that implies that everything can't be one because then there must be something that's not one. One has a boundary, right? There's something outside of the one, which is not one. <laughs> so uh, everything is everything is a better way of describing it. Everything is everything. And everything has no boundary, right? There's nothing outside of anything, everything that, that's not everything. And exactly the same is true for nothing. So they are exactly the same thing. Everything is everything and everything is nothing. So this whole thing that we're experiencing, existence, all of the things in existence, this consciousness was born out of nothingness. So nothingness is the source of everything. 
Um, we refer to that as source. Certain people refer to it as nothingness or as God. That's where everything comes from. And in that nothingness, well, there is simply nothing, but also everything all at once. But then for this to appear, I mean, the consciousness we have is it's just one consciousness that resides in nothingness. But consciousness experiencing nothingness is not aware of itself. It's just experiencing. It cannot be aware of its own existence. It's just consciousness. It's just taking in. <laughs> so for consciousness to experience itself, which is what we do all the time, right? We experience this. I, I am consciousness. I experience this around me. I see things. I feel things. You know, there's an experience here. Um, there must be some sort of distinction. So the universe or nothingness or God or whatever you want to call it, we are experiencing that. So it basically <laughs> what we are is, is, is nothingness or source experiencing itself from within itself. And in order for that to happen, there must be distinction. There must be contrast. There must be a divide. There must be polarity. So Ken Wilber has a really good way of explaining it in his spectrum of consciousness using different levels. So basically what happens is that there's a divide in this everything slash nothing. <laughs> Almost like a mirror. So... If I am something trying to see myself, I must turn a part of myself into a mirror. And that mirror can only see the rest of me, the thing that is not the mirror. Which means I don't see the truth self. I can't see all of me because one part is the seer and one part is the thing being seen. But this divide is the core of what we call existence. Because the divide just keeps happening. There are numerous numbers of this, these contrasts, these distinctions. So one way of looking at it, using Ken Wilber's words, is to say that, well, from the absolute truth, the nothingness, there's a divide where we start experiencing ourselves as energy. That's why we often say that everything is light. But that light is also from nothingness. That's sort of the first step. And then that light in the next divide becomes objects. And then in the next step, these objects agree that they are separate objects. So first I experience me, Nils, as an object. Um, and, and the table and my son and this house and the tree outside as different objects. And then the objects agree that, yes, we are different objects. We are all experiencing ourselves as separate objects. So my friend is telling me, yes, you are not me and I'm not you. And, and we agree that, okay, we are separate. This must be true. And then the next divide starts happening inside the objects where the object Nils gets split into an intellect and a body. And they sort of feel as different things. The intellect is, is experiencing that I am this thing inside this head and I'm experiencing this and I see this body and it's it's connected to me but it's not fully me and then the, the next divide happens within the intellect and between you know the ego gets split into the persona the identity what I see myself as what I want to be and the shadow side what I don't agree that I am and I don't want to be so that's one way of looking at it of all these divides and distinctions happening another way is simply polarity so if you look at energy and what we learn in school in physics, energy 
is resides within a negative and a positive charge, right? Or it, the charge is between a negative and a positive side pole. So that's the polarity. There must be a positive and a negative side for anything to exist. And the existence is between those things. And we have polarities all around us all the time. And what we tend to do <laughs> in life is try to only be the positive side of things and trying to shy away and get away from the negative side of things. What we're doing there is we're trying to actually rid ourselves of existence, <laughs> which is pointless. So like the big polarity in, in a human's life is probably life and death. You know, the positive side in many people's minds is life. We're alive. Yes. But, but life can only exist with its opposite death and between the, those polarities, there's the charge we call existence. And you, you have light and dark, and you have night and day, and you have good and bad. <laughs> and you have happy and sad, you know, healthy and sick. All of these polarities. And that sort of explains existence. And an important insight there is that, you know, you need these polarities for this thing to exist. So don't run away from it. Embrace it and understand that you are all the polarities at once. You are the manifestation of the nothingness or source experiencing itself. So every one of us is one and the same, from the same source. We're just experiencing ourselves from different viewpoints and different perspectives, which means we're all the same. It also means that you are God. We are the ones who have created all of this everything around us we have created it's by design it's meant to be like this and since the polarity is just a distinction that creates this experience it's actually not absolute truth absolute truth has no polarity which means there's no such thing as right or wrong or good or bad or even life and death for that matter that's the way things are and when you experience this fully and find yourself in this realization, not just intellectually, but emotionally, and you embody this insight, and you know, you know it uh, to be a fact, that is spiritual enlightenment. You are absolute truth. And when you're there, you realize a few things. So when, when I'm there, I'm not Nils. That's why Nils has had an issue with the word enlightenment. That's why Nils can't say that he is enlightened. Because in enlightenment, Nils does not exist. So when I'm saying this to you, Nils can't say that he is enlightened. But I am an enlightened being experiencing being Nils. Just like you are an enlightened being experiencing being yourself. That's one of the insights. The other insight is that you haven't gone anywhere. We're always there, constantly. There's no other place you can be. Fine, your, your embodiment of the experience of, of the universe or nothing in its experience itself can forget who you are. I've forgotten for a large portion of my life <laughs> that I am this. So I've been looking for it. What am I? What is this thing? I'm Nils, but that doesn't seem to be fully the truth. And so on. And then I come back. I don't even come back. I just, I just remember that, oh yeah, I am this thing. So I haven't gone anywhere. It's not a journey to become enlightened because there's simply no place to go. We're always here. 
and there's no point <laughs> in in finding refinding enlightenment becoming enlightened so to speak because when once you're there the only insight is that i am this there's no such thing as good or bad this is what is this is what is so when i've been the least of nils and 100% an enlightened being the only thing my brain can formulate and my mouth can formulate is the sentence i am this i am this and by this i mean everything i am this so as you might see once you're there there's nothing to do <laughs> you're done but it's also pointless it's meaningful and meaningless and it's none of them it's just nothing so that's a starting point what it also shows is that time does not exist time is just another of these polarities that gets turned into a past and a future and that creates our experience of existence there is something called the path and something called the future but if you really think about it you understand that well the past and the future they only exist in the present moment as i think of them they don't exist anywhere else when i think of the past it exists when i think of the future it exists when i'm not they do not exist so they are part of the present moment it's just a polarity which means the present moment is all there is time is truly an illusion all right so that's something <laughs> and and to people who know me hopefully you understand me even better having having heard me talk about these things and and my experience of existence which is not unique in any way at all this is this is the way things are and have always been and will always be you know in this present moment when there where there is no time but then life becomes all about this present moment right because there's simply nothing else and we tend to tell ourselves all the time like you know forget the past don't worry about the future well you know it makes sense because there is no past and there is no future everything is this present moment and you are currently experiencing everything from your viewpoint so just a version of everything that is that is experiencing what you're experiencing right now and the moment it's just eternal it's one eternal moment. So once that insight has landed, then, well, what do you make of this in your life as a human being? Because you can't really find it, it relieves you of a lot of pain and anxiety and worry knowing these things. And it actually allows you to appreciate the pain <laughs> and be grateful for it because you know it is a core part of this entire thing it is needed for anything to exist as this experience but it doesn't really you know guide you beyond staying focused on this moment so based on this i want to i want to bridge over into an approach to life that is the most recent one I found. It's a way I structure things currently. And since nothing is good or bad, right and wrong, this is all that that is. This is one way of approaching this moment. So since my brain tends to want to conceptualize things, I'm calling it the key. 
the key to this moment, the key to your moment, which is always here, right? You're always in your moment. You're always in this moment. So the key to approach this moment, to basically make it easier and make yourself more true in the moment. Um, the way I see it, it's, well, it's a four-step process. First of all, it's understanding that everything is process. Fine, we're experiencing it as time-bound process, but results do not exist. There are no endpoints. There are no objectives to reach. Everything just keeps going, keeps changing, right? Everything is constant change, constant flux. Energy only shifts form all the time. There's so many ways to see this and see that is true. You know, change is the only constant. That is simply the truth, which means there's no point in trying to achieve results. Fine, they will always arise. You always have certain things you want to achieve, right? They're there on the horizon as lighthouses. They're guiding you, but you cannot see the lighthouse as the end point of anything. It's just a compass. It's just what's currently guiding your process. Because as soon as you achieve something, as soon as you reach that thing you wanted to reach, that result, what happens? Well, you know, it evaporates. That's the only thing that happens. You might get a, a blip of satisfaction that I got there, I made it. But it's just a blip. It never lasts. It's not something that will give you foundation of lasting happiness. We don't walk around all day feeling extremely happy about something we achieved five years ago or even last week. <laughs> and the things we want to achieve tend to rarely make us happy. In many cases, they create stress, negative stress and anxiety, worry that what if I don't make it? So everything is truly process because the results just evaporate. And as soon as the result evaporates, we reach something, it evaporates, a new objective rises on the horizon. And that's, that's a compass, let it be there. Let it be there, you know, it's, it's fine. But don't design your life around it. Don't build your life upon it because that result is never in the present moment. There are no results, no destinations in the present moment. It's all process, all journey, all a constant continuation. All right, I think I made myself clear and I think you get it. So um, one approach to this moment that you're in is to go through a four-step process in your mind. Basically, it's, it's kind of a meditation. It's, it's a set of questions you can ask yourself. I use this all the time, whether I'm, I'm deeply journeying in my own consciousness or I'm just you know at work or in the subway or talking to a friend. Whenever I feel I need it, especially in times when I'm not feeling great, uh, this tends to help. So it's a four-step process. You simply just go through these four steps in your mind. Uh, it doesn't take very long. And, and uh, well, it's my gift to you. And feel free to try it out. Let me know if it helps you in any way. Uh, the first step in finding the key to this moment, to your moment, is acceptance. Simply Try to accept what is. Ask yourself, what would happen if I just accepted the way things are right now? Not trying to change anything. So many times we just want to change stuff, right? If only this person wasn't like that. If only I had this thing that I don't have. If only this, uh, this person would behave in a different way. 
if only that thing hadn't happened, you know, our, our brains are constantly trying to fix, <laughs> fix everything around us and change things. But don't do that. In this moment, you can't change the moment you're in right now. You can change the next moment, but this very moment you can't change. So this very moment, simply accept it. And if it's something that's really fucking hard to accept, you know, I have anxiety because I was molested as a child or something terrible. I know that's really, really hard to accept. But then try to accept it for 10 seconds. Just give yourself a break. Okay, I'll just accept it for 10 seconds and then I can go back to feeling the way I felt about it. Or 60 seconds or longer. But just try. All right. Second step, once you've done that and ask yourself the questions, what if I accept what is now? Second step is presence, presencing yourself, which is not that hard because we have a body <laughs> filled with senses that are designed to experience the present moment. And that is presencing. So you simply use your senses. It's good to use your breath. That's a, that's a nice tool for this. Uh, do a breathing exercise. Basically, just like take a deep breath in, hold your breath, take a longer breath out. So exhale for a little longer than you inhale. Maybe do that a couple of times. And then just use your senses and just notice what you notice. What am I hearing? Do I have a taste in my mouth? What am I seeing? What am I sensing? What emotions can I sense within me? What is going on? basically, without putting value on those sensations and what you notice. So don't think of it as good or bad. Just simply notice what is happening in this moment. And if, you, if you've started this exercise from a place where you're really not feeling good for whatever reason, then in this step, the presencing step, it might be good to try to find something that you're noticing in this moment that you like. So even if you're in a, you know, you're in an argument with someone and you're just filled with, this is awful and terrible and, and I really want to change this. You know, once you've gone through the step of acceptance and you're in the step of, of presence, maybe use your senses to find something in the situation that you like. You know, maybe there's a nice bouquet of flowers on the table. Maybe the temperature in the room is nice. Maybe there's nice music somewhere. Maybe you're feeling relaxed, you know, it could be anything. Just find something that's nice in the moment. Something that sort of makes you feel safe. All right, that's the second step. Third step, gratefulness. So simply tuning into your own gratefulness. What are you grateful for in this very moment? Could be a big long-term thing, like I'm happy that I'm healthy, I have people who love me, I have family, you know, stuff like that. Uh, or it could be something really, really just momentarily happening right now. Like I'm grateful that the sun is out and it's not raining. Could be anything. And we humans are really good at this. We always, we know what we're grateful for. It's just about listening to ourselves. And it's, it's cool because science also shows the immense value of gratefulness. There's been new studies recently coming out showing that if you if you do daily journaling just writing down five things you're grateful for or just share that or meditate on that uh it really has a positive impact on your brain and the way you feel 
people become much happier and feel much less stress and anxiety by doing that simple thing. So, so science is backing this thing too, <laughs> not just deep meditation and, and journeying with plant medicine. Um, right. Step three was gratefulness. And then step four is love. Asking yourself, how can I put a little more love into this moment? Love towards myself. That's a good starting point. Love towards the other people in this moment, in the room. <laughs> love towards other people in my life. Love towards all of humanity. Love towards nature. You know, just try to put a little extra love into this moment. And that is basically the four steps forming the key to your moment, to this moment. Accept presence, gratefulness, and love. And then, then, based on that, you get to create your next moment. You get to use that as your starting point where you have a choice to create your next moment because we are creating all of this constantly. I am creating the experience I have constantly. I have power over it. Everything that happens, I have created. So in the form of Nils, I have the choice to create my next moment in whichever situation I might find myself. So that's a good, it's a good tool for that. All right, so that was step two in this episode. Now, step three is not mine. Uh, I'm borrowing Stealing with Pride from Rudayana, this amazing shaman, friend of mine, and also my teacher these days. And he's agreed <laughs> to, to let me share this very, very simple exercise. It's work in progress, that's his words. Uh, so he's still working on this, but it's really something that, that is simple and really helped me yesterday when I first did it. So this is, um, this is when it might be good to have a paper and a pen ready. Um, I won't do like long pauses for you to do the exercise. So it's better if you just actually press pause <laughs> if you want to do this exercise. Maybe you don't have time now. Maybe you just want to listen to it. And obviously that's fine too, because you're creating your moment, right? <laughs> it's all up to you guys. Okay, um, so grab a paper and a pen. And then I, I have three questions for you and I just want you to write down the answers as they come to you. So the first question is, what are your emotional needs in life? Emotional needs. So that does not include, I need food and water because that's not an emotional need. <laughs> that's a, a physiological need. <laughs> um, so what are your emotional needs? Just write it down as they come to you. All right, uh, hopefully um, you press pause if you wanted to do that. Uh, so once you've done that, uh, in my case, I had four <laughs> and I can, I, can, I can do that. I can, I'll go through them at the end of the exercise, but you do yours now, that's more important. All right, so once you've written down what your emotional needs are for you personally, then the next thing to, to write down, just turn it into bullet points, what are your talents? Yeah, just write them down, what are your talents? Hopefully you've now written down what your talents are. And then the third and last question that I want you to write down the answers to as they come to you, what are your passions? What are you passionate about? All right. So hopefully you've done that now. All right, so I'll go through what I wrote on all of these questions and, and then explain 
how you can look at these answers. So for emotional needs, I put down giving or contributing. Uh, it's, I really need to feel that I give to the people around me um, and, and to the world. Uh, development, I need to feel that I'm developing, that I'm part of developing. That's why I constantly new, do new things and I, I have to be on the forefront of everything. I need to just like be part of development. Can't stand still. Uh, my third thing is, is closeness and love being physically close and, and emotionally close and, and spiritually close with people. And my fourth um, emotional need is to be in the moment, being in the moment. All right. And then for talents, for myself, I wrote down pattern seeing. I'm real, really good at seeing patterns and, and connecting the dots and seeing how things work. <laughs> uh, I'm also good at connecting, connecting different ideas into new ideas, connecting people. Uh, communication is something I'm fairly good at and been doing a lot in my life. Uh, creatively, um, I have talent. I can easily create new things and come up with new ideas. So creative innovation. Um, I'm emotionally fairly open and receptive. So those were my talents. And then my passions. What am I passionate about in life? Well, I wrote understanding life and consciousness, <laughs> which should be clear based on this episode. Um, I'm really passionate about just understanding uh, this thing we call life and, and the consciousness that we are. I'm passionate about playfully creating things. So being playful and creative. I'm passionate about creating beautiful things. So beauty in creation, whether it's, it's you know, visually uh, or uh, audio-based beauty, whatever it is, I'm, I just love beautiful things and, and, and I love trying to create them. I'm passionate about having real deep conversations with people about real stuff, not just the manuscript that many people follow in their daily routine, talking to each other, like actually going deep and understanding each other. And my last one is, is skiing in nature. <laughs> All right. So what does this mean? Well, we've gone through the emotional needs, your emotional needs, your talents and your passions. And, um, Another way to describe this is actually to look at them as your purpose, your tools and your methods, or your why, your what and your how. So the emotional needs basically mirror your purpose in this life. So I'll just, you know, press pause and think about that. <laughs> For me, it's, it's obvious. Yeah, I'm here to, to foster development, to give and, and to, to help people with, with closeness. So I, I help people develop and, and go close and being in the moment. <laughs> um, the talents, that's my tools, my what. So these are the tools I have to fulfill my purpose. So in my case, it's, it's communication, it's creative innovation, it's, it's connecting ideas and people and seeing patterns. And then uh, my passions, that's my, my methods or my how. Like how I am doing this. How am I actually fulfilling my purpose, finding my path? Well, I'm doing it by trying to understand consciousness in life, by playfully creating <laughs> new things and concepts connected to this, by trying to create beautiful things uh, connected to this that can hopefully speak to other people, and by having real conversations, which this podcast is just one example of. 
and to some extent skiing and, and being in nature as well. <laughs> Maybe not this, the, the most important um, how or method I have, but it's something that I do use in one extent. So uh, I just urge you to go through this and see if it makes sense for you. It does for me. I do see the pattern and it, what this does basically, this sort of three-step process if, is understanding what is, which just takes away a lot of problems, a lot of unnecessary stuff to focus on that simply don't exist, that are simply not true. And then the second step, the key to the, this moment, is owning your moment, this very moment that you're in right now, this very minute, this very second, which is good because it makes you strong. It makes you able to deal with any moment because you know your key to it, you know how to approach it, and it gives you power over your moment and gives you the understanding that you are creating this and you are creating the next moment. And then the third step, Ruda's method here, provides a sense of direction and an understanding of your path and your purpose in this life. What am I actually supposed to be doing here? What tools do I have to do this thing and how can I do this? Um, yeah, so this is, in one sense, it's kind of a top-level method, but feel free to try it out. If it works for you, it works for me, so that's why I wanted to share it. And I think that's it for today. I think that's it for this podcast episode from the deep forests of Finland's Lapland. <laughs> uh, that said, I'll leave you guys with this today, this three-step journey and perhaps especially uh, the key to your moment <laughs> and the three questions that can provide one viewpoint of your purpose, your path, your tools and your methods. And um, hopefully that can bring, shed some new light on your being. That said, go out into your day, just be you. You're pretty great at it. And uh, hopefully you'll hear me again next week. Bye-bye.